Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ramblin' Radio, the third for the week. We're just, we are pooping these out. We're shitting these out, baby. <laughs> We're on a roll. Hope you guys are having an amazing Friday. Today is the last day you can get inside of the Creator's Blueprint. This is it, everybody. This is your last opportunity to get inside a program that's going to change the way you think about yourself the way you think about your business, the way you think about what you can actually achieve. This is not just a business in a box for creatives type of program, even though I really like that. It's so much more because of everything that we do internally that then produces external results. And if you've been following this podcast for a while, you understand the type of mindset stuff that we go over in this podcast because it's changed my life. Just like investing in myself has changed my life. I just put out an Instagram post talking about why I invest in in coaches and courses myself. And before I did that, I was kind of with most people where I thought it was a waste of money. I thought, you know, you could just learn this shit on YouTube and figure it out. That lone wolf mentality that we've been talking about And it wasn't until a client of mine told me, hey, you need to invest up here in your mind right now because it's going to transform the way you not just do business, but the way you look at life. And all the content that I give you guys has been from me investing in myself. And so I did it. I spent $10,000 on a coaching program for myself. And I went all in. I stepped into it. And the key thing here is I did it when I thought I wasn't ready. And I've been doing this long enough now. And I hear it's a pattern with people when they decide not to invest. And it's because of this if-then statement. They're waiting for something to happen. They're waiting to make a little bit more money and then they'll do it. They're waiting to get their first client and then they'll do it. They're waiting to get more clarity on where the direction they actually want to go in, then they'll do it. And it just doesn't work that way. There is no waiting because then you're just going to continue waiting. And the people that do wait time and time and time again, they come back to me and I'm not bullshitting you. I shit you not. They come back to me every time and they're like, I wish I did this sooner. That was so stupid of me not to do this sooner. So I come from experience and I come from the people that have been inside this program and what they have said. And you've heard from people inside this program all week, and you're going to hear another one today with my buddy Luke, who's a Creators Blueprint alum. You can't lose. You just have to dive in and know that you're going to catch yourself on the way down. You have to trust yourself and go for it. There's no stars aligning up perfectly and then, okay, now it's time to do this. And I'm really proud of this program because we do have a range of skill level or experience level. We have people that are complete beginners that get the clarity and the direction they need. And then we also have people that have already built their one thing. They already know what that thing is and they just want to scale it. They want to get it to a level where it becomes their signature and they become known for it. Guys, this is everything you need to completely transform your business and your life. This is it. 
and we are closing the doors at midnight tonight, 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are closing the doors. You're going to get the entire creator's blueprint. You're going to get my entire filmmaking course. You're going to get my bonus. I'm, I'm bringing my bonus back for everybody, my brand new bonus, ready, set, launch, my entire execution guides for launching and scaling digital products, just like I'm doing right now. You're getting all of that plus the entire careers blueprint program and an opportunity to have one-on-one coaching with me until the end of the year. You can't get anything more and especially for this price point. And this is the last time it's going to be at this price point because next year when we open it back up, whenever we do, it's going to be at $2,000 next time. So stop waiting, trust yourself and dive in because I promise your future self will thank you for it. Uh, You can sign up www.thecreatorsblueprint.com and I will see you inside of this program. I cannot wait. And you're going to love the members that are inside right now. We've got an amazing group thus far and they keep coming in. Join us. Let's do this. I can't wait to work with you. Enjoy this podcast with Luke and I'll see you on the other end. Dude, I don't ever recognize you anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute, but oh my goodness, dude, when did you make the blonde switch? Man, I think it was like a month and a half or so ago, and then I just went for it, and so now it's like the mixture of the brown and blonde. But, Damn, the blonde hair, the ring, man, you're just like, <laughs> you're going all out, and then the tattoos and everything. Yes, sir, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. Where, where are you at right now? Uh, I'm in Denver, Colorado right now. And what, so, are, what, are, you, what are you doing there? Yeah, so originally, um, I'm here with a buddy who is from Seattle, and we worked in um, our corporate world together. And we were going to be here for like a work vacation because we're yeah. all working virtually. Yeah. But then it turned out and we planned it about three months ago. And then it turned out that this is the first week um, that I'm actually officially a full time filmmaker, videographer, photographer. Guys, so... give Luke a round of applause, please. <laughs> give Luke yeah. a round of applause. Let's see some round, rounds of applauses going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So just. Keep going. Sorry. No, you're good. So here. Um, I've done a few shoots now and then just editing on a couple projects. So dope. Just taking it. Yeah. So are you still at your corporate job then? And you're like wrapping that up or you're like, you're out. Yeah, I'm totally out. So as of Friday last week, Friday was my last day. And then this, and then I'm, I'm out now. So fully done. That's gotta be, that's gotta feel so freaking good. It does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, let's I want to I want to give people a little bit of backstory here. So Luke was on the podcast. How long ago was it? Do you remember? It's almost like a year ago. So I think wow. it was October of last. So like October of last year. Yeah. So a year a year ago. Almost. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I want to I want to give you the opportunity to kind of explain a little bit of your backstory and whatnot for people that haven't listened to that podcast yet. But when we recorded that podcast, you were kind of like in the like the thick of it all, right? The yeah. stuck at the corporate job, stuck at your corporate job where you couldn't like quit. 
You, you were right. locked down where you couldn't even quit if you wanted to. And when we recorded, if I remember correctly, you could have gone full time, but you mm -hmm. were just legally stuck in your corporate job. Is yes. that correct? That is correct. So you share whatever you want to feel comfortable with. I don't want to put mm -hmm. you on the spot. How, you're 24, right? 20, yep. 24. 24. Okay. In 24, I feel like you've been through more than most people at like <laughs> 30. And again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I want you to kind of explain to people why were you legally stuck and just kind of that, that whole shitty situation that you're in. Yeah, dude, for sure. So I, prior to understanding that I could make a career out of uh, freelance or filmmaking in general, um, I went back with my to school with my corporate job uh, after my undergrad, and because I thought I was, I got into the corporate world. Uh, I went to undergrad for finance, and it was about three months in after like that internship honeymoon period was over. I was like, "Well, shit, I'm not going back to college," and right. so this isn't something that I enjoyed. And so with with my job, um, they had a program where it was a benefit that you could go back to school for grad school, get a master's. Um, but then you were obligated for about a two year pre period or you would have to pay it back on like a prorated basis. So last October I was, and it took me, I was halfway through um, the master's at that point. So at that mm -hmm. point it was already too late for me to stop it in terms of make for it to make sense mm -hmm. um, because of the amount that I would owe and I actually just finished it up in May of this year. Mm. But then how, so how do you go from not owing the, those two years to the company to now? Um, how, how much did you owe? Yes. So 55,000 oh. is what I would have owed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. So brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, and so I had mentally kind of accepted that, my, my plan um, up until about a month and a half ago was I was going to leave my corporate job in May of next year and just eat about half the cost. So I was totally ready to pay back about $25,000 of that um, payment because mm -hmm. I would have had to stay with the company um, till summer of 2022. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And like all, so with, COVID and then other events that happened at the company prior to that, um, they decided to try to downsize the company a bit and go down about 10%. Mm. And so they went through rounds of voluntary layoffs and involuntary layoffs. Wow. And so, yeah. And so that helped you then? It did help me in this sense. Um, it was like a, there was a silver lining there for sure. Um, yeah in terms of like the grant, like the overall picture of that company. But I actually tried to, so I, I ended up a month and a half ago being able to qualify um, for a voluntary layoff. Mm -hmm. And in that, when you're laid off from the company, you have no uh, like no contractual agreement that you have to stick to. So that's where that schooling was forgiven. Um, ah. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you, then, did you finish your master's or? I did. Okay. Yeah. So I finished in May and then that was actually the first time that was the first round of those layoffs. And I actually tried to get it in May 
and they wouldn't let me get it. And Mm -hmm. I went through a bunch of levels of discussions. Um, and then about four months later now, um, there was another opportunity where I actually did qualify for it. And so, um, it ended up working out to where I have that masters and, but yeah. And then now just making that jump was so, I'm a little confused. Was that debt for some of that debt forgiven at all or, or no? Yeah. So all that debt is forgiven. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So that was a part of, but you still that's got why. the masters. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So the timing worked very well. Um, and very grateful for that yeah. in terms of making that decision to stick with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was a part of that, like layoff was, you don't owe anything. And so that was instantly, I was like, all right, I'm there. Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah. Cause I, cause I remember you, you talking on the last podcast about how you had potential opportunities to go and travel to all different kinds of cool places overseas. And, and that you didn't yep. know if you could, because you were legally tied down to a corporate job you're trapped, even though you could have made the switch to, to full time. Right. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're right there. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's crazy, man. Um, for, for people that are, are, are listening, you know, the transition that you made from corporate to, to full time is such like a scary thing. Um, mm-hmm. what kinds of things made it easier for you? Was it like just, you know, networking, certain networking things? Was it getting higher paying clients? You know, you, you recently turned a, a $6,500 client into a $9,000 client, which yep. was really amazing. Um, you know, what kind of things made that transition easier for you? Yeah, I know a big thing for me was consistency. So staying consistent with creating, but then also staying consistent with just putting yourself out there and being uncomfortable because I know a lot of the, what makes the transition, it is still like, there's still some fear, but fear is healthy a little bit. I agree. Of, of fear yeah. is healthy. Yeah. Cause it keeps you going. Um, keeps you hungry and yeah, it keeps you hungry for sure. And I know for like those of listening about like what helped me was just the more and more I dove into, um, freelancer, like doing my own thing the more I became confident. So it was by taking action yeah. that confidence grew and it wasn't cause in the past, um, prior to like meeting you, uh, and other people, I yeah. would just sit there and not take action. I'll be like, Oh, this is going to happen eventually. Yeah. Um, but then by just nothing, it wasn't like something changed and I was like, Oh, I'm ready to go full time because at this point I was mentally like going to jump in about a year from now. Yeah. And then I had to pivot and be like, okay, now I'm, I'm going now and have to figure it out. And it's just trusting the process mm-hmm. of like you said, with having, knowing that you add value to clients, you add value to other people. Yeah. And when you are like your genuine self, people want to be more around you because they understand that you're there to make, make them better as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think at least in my journey, and I know you and I kind of relate, but, um, oh shoot, are we back? Nope. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I think, I think you and I kind of relate and, and we've talked about this, but making that first initial jump 
and not having really a plan B. And I know, you know, you, you obviously had your corporate job, which kind of allowed you to do certain things and whatnot. Um, but for me making that switch where I didn't have a plan B and like, this was the only choice that I had having a little bit of that healthy fear made me create opportunities out of nothing. It felt like I was, mm -hmm. I was not only was I able to see opportunity, but I did whatever I, whatever it took to become resourceful and get that client and not just get a client, but leverage that client into more clients. And then, mm -hmm. okay, you know, we're, I'm going to get paid for this project, but maybe if I add another kind of service, maybe we can up the budget a little bit. And, you know, these are all things that personally, I don't think I would have done if I continued to just like not put myself in these really kind of uncomfortable situations where I had no other choice, but to up level. That was it. Um, so I guess the question for you, like, you know, I know, I, I know just cause you, you messaged me about it when, when you went from a $6,000 client to a $9,500 client yeah. or just, just higher paying clients in general, let's, let's talk about how, how did you keep up leveling with higher mm -hmm. paying clients? What, yeah. what kind of things did you do? Was it just confidence in, in yourself of just saying, no, I'm going to charge this much or were you kind of adding more value to your services? What, what allowed you to, to up the budget of your client work? Because so many people ask, right. How do I get paid more, you know, for, mm -hmm. for my work? Yeah, no, that's, and I love that you asked that because it is something that we all struggle with at some point and even getting like to different tiers. Right. But, um, for me, a big thing, the big like mindset shift was not focusing so much on, Hey, I'm a talented filmmaker. There's so many people who are great at what they do, photography, filmmaking, or whatever it may be. It's where you can add value. And it's like, when I started focusing on how I'm telling their story, um, so I, an example with that client where, that I turned from the 6,500 to the 9,000, mm. um, it was more so I focused on them and what they needed as a, a brand and what I saw that they add value. And it turned, when you turn the mindset of that you're a commodity so that you're actually adding to their future um, clients, the connection that you make with their audience yeah, is when like that value for me changed completely because I went from like a $2,500 projects, which from, which were great to like that, that first one, which was a 6,500 mm. by having like that level set conversation with the client. Yeah. And because I did that client specifically ask, well, like what makes you different? Right. Yeah. And it, and it was that I focused on them instead of focus on who I was. Mm. So it's more so about telling their story because in the, at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. We're providing that service, but we're also telling a story. Um, and the story that connects emotionally, that is more like the price is more of what like you want to charge. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a, it's not a one and done. It's a, yeah. it's a long term relationship and, always checking in and seeing how you can impact their business and their results more so than just creating a, a pretty visual and creating a pre yep. pretty visual is important. But when you can start to like 
speak their language too, I think that starts to like turn heads, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of like that big business language. And there's so many artists that are just, fo- at least for me, and I know you too, just so focused on just like the overall quality, which yeah. is important. Don't get me wrong. I know people are going to get like frustrated with that, but, <laughs> but it's, it, it all comes down to results. You know, is this project doing what it, you're saying it's going to do for them and wedding yeah. weddings might be a little bit different. Weddings mm-hmm. might be a little bit different. Um, quality is a little bit more important of yes. making the bride yeah, more yeah. important, um, yeah. but working with those different types of businesses and whatnot, for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. And then like, I think the big thing was like, so we had done, I brought on a DP for that project where, and it was neat to where like, as you expand, you can bring others yeah. and bring them along with you. Yeah. Um, but when, when that product was finished for the 6,500 price point, we delivered it, they loved it. And then we saw, we, the client and myself saw more opportunity to connect with more of their audience. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we kind of had that discussion because they're like, well, it might be missing something. And then so there was a, uh, dem- so it was a real estate client. So there was a mm-hmm. demographic that wasn't included in that, in the story. Mm-hmm. And so we had that discussion of how that could add value. And then they were already sold because of that relationship that we, we built. And yeah. then I think another thing for those struggling, if they're like, well, then why that price point? Mm-hmm. Think about whatever client you're talking with and their business structure. So say with houses um, or really anything, whatever price point that their average sale of a house be like, I can see that this provides value. The video, the product you're providing, mm-hmm. say it will sell 10 houses and then they'll look at whatever you're charging and be like, oh, it's not that much. Yeah. So it's shifting their mindset too, um, to see that value rather than just right. you being like a machine making a right. video. You're, lo- you're looking at the big picture of things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so smart. I think, I think everyone that is on this live or just listening to the replay on the podcast is, you know, you need to be asking questions to your clients. Like what, what are you trying to get out of this whole video in the first place? Is it, is it a revenue goal? Mm -hmm. Because if it's a revenue goal and they're trying to produce a million dollars or $2 million Mm -hmm. for like a product launch or something and your video or whatever it is that you do skill set, whatever kind of skill set you have, if you're, product for them is going to play a huge role in that you should be getting paid a little bit more than just 800 bucks when they're trying right. to produce multiple millions of dollars. I don't exactly. know. I don't know how much the cost of the, what was the right. cost of the house? So on average it was like 400 to 500 thousands. So yeah, there you go. So like after you quantify it to them, it's really like, there's no really question in terms of the price that you, yeah, it's, put, so. yeah, it's perspective. It's perspective. Um, I think someone that doesn't know who you are, um, Mm -hmm. I've been able to see your entire journey. Um, And something that I want people to understand is that like anybody can do this at the end of the day, especially with all of the knowledge and resources that are out there for people. Um, I mean, I saw you and people that I know you that are listening or watching this right now can probably, uh, 
can probably attest to this. Uh, you know, when I when I had you in the filmmaking course initially, I remember thinking to myself like wow, we got a long way to go with this kid. <laughs> I mean, actually, yeah. I remember, I think I was talking to Wix even, and I'm like, yeah, man, I got this Luke guy. Like, I, man, I don't know. Like, this kid is yeah. beginner, beginner. Um, was. And not many people get to witness that. And I, I had Logan Armstrong on the podcast as well, and I said the same thing to him because I was able to witness his very start, and my very start was – was pathetic as well. Now I think people have this misconception when it comes to filmmaking and photography and any kind of art form that like, you have to be born with this. Mm -hmm. What's your kind of opinion on that? And, and what has your been, what what has your experience been just growing year after year? I mean, the transformation you've had, and I'm just talking about skills right now. I'm not even talking about business knowledge or whatever, but your skill set and it's just been ginormous. Well, thank you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, my question is, what, what's your opinion on, on anyone can do this? Because I feel like you're a true example of that. Yeah. Anyone really can do it. Um, and if you, it's like, cause if you, like you were saying, when I first entered your filmmaking course, mm-hmm. I really didn't have any clue about like storytelling or anything like that. Yeah. And I was like, well, how do I get to this? Like these people I idolize or like, these people I put up on a pedestal mm-hmm. and I think really it's just repetition, but then also at first just shooting and, and just going out and doing it. Yeah. But then as, as you go on picking out like specific. So for me, what made a big difference is that each video that I would make for myself, um, I would pick a certain like type of technique or type of lighting or, anything that there is mm-hmm. and focus on it for that video. And then as I go on, I incorporate what I learned into the next video, but then also try a new technique. Mm. And even if it didn't turn out good, you at least learned something to take on to the next time. Yeah. And, and really I, I would used to just run out and not think about what I was shooting. Mm-hmm. But then when, when you f- take a step back and you understand that you are in like, you're in, full control of what you are going to create and just do that over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It makes a big difference. No, I I just, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people have it in them to truly transform. And when they have it in them this whole entire time and they just have to, yes, they do. They they have to dig deep and, and do something to, to, bring it out of them. And then, and for me, that was getting extremely uncomfortable and, and putting myself in kind of do or die situations. Mm-hmm. What kind of situations did you put yourself through to constantly up level? Because you up leveled your skills, which is important, but mm-hmm. then you took it to another level and you up leveled your, your business knowledge as well. And you started getting higher paying clients because of that. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think, what, what, what do you continue to do to massively up-level time and time again? Every time we connect, it's like you're at this next stage, this next level in your life, and it's pretty fucking inspiring. Dang. I appreciate that, man. Um, I th- <laughs> it's true. You don't have to <laughs> I know. say it. Yeah. You know, it's true. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, I think a big thing is, um, and I've had some in-depth like discussions with a few, like a couple people in my network recently about it, um, is like just staying like humility because like, we're all just trying to make it right. And just being honest with what you do know and what you don't know, because when you don't know how to do something and you are open about it, that opens that door to learn how to do it. Um, and then maybe if it's not something that you're skilled at, um, then you can bring in someone who, you know, can do it. Like for that project, um, I brought on DP because I was doing everything else, like the logistics, the, the storyboarding. And I knew that I could do it, the DP, like the video aspect of it, but I knew it wouldn't be the product that I wanted. And Mm. so knowing that and accepting it, um, and bringing someone else on to help because I know in the past I'm a very like stubborn person who doesn't want any help, who didn't want any help. Yeah. And then when, when I accepted that everyone's here and the opportunity to help each other is just, um, immense. Yeah. Was that the first time that you brought someone on to help you? It is. Yeah. How was that experience? It was good. Um, and it was, it worked out to where I had a relationship with the person in terms of, I knew that they did good work with what they did. Mm-hmm. And then just having, just trusting them that they're going to perform to carry out your vision yeah, um, was, was something that made me very uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it was me giving up control. Um, and I know like with you in the past, there was, you have hired like an editor there's been things that you've given up control of, mm-hmm. but then once you do that, there's more thought that opens, like more space for your own thought that you can spend your energy in other places. Yeah. So, yeah. Which has, and that for me has been a big game changer with up leveling because it takes away energy that I used to spend in areas that I thought I had to do everything. Mm-hmm. And then just understanding that I don't have to do everything Yeah, and bringing other people in. Yeah. Letting go of control mm-hmm. is probably the hardest thing you could possibly do, especially as creative types, because it's our baby or it's our yes. work and it's our name and it's our logo. And like, it's got to be my way or the highway. So many people just cannot let it go, but you're never going to get to that level that we all want to get to. If mm-hmm. we don't do it, it's this, it's this constant, like, pulling back and forth. Um, so for you, I know you said it was tough for you, but you know, what, what kind, what, 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 where did you just let it go? What, what made you just kind of drop it and be like, I, I have to do this. Like, and not only that, but you're not also getting all of the money either. Right. And right. that's, that's yep. kind of tough too. Cause you're like $9,000. Like, well, I could, I could pay off my car and I could do this and like that and blah, blah, blah. But that's thinking about tomorrow. That's not thinking big picture. So what made you just kind of let go and be like, I I have to bring someone on to help me with this project. Yeah. Cause I was sitting there or for, it it was over like a course of a couple of weeks. And I was like, well, the long-term picture is that this project is awesome. And it's the most that I've ever made on a project to date but Mm -hmm. then in the future i want to land like 
six figure or, or five figure projects and eventually six figure projects. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be the only one working on those projects because those are going to be much, much bigger, um, yeah. of scale. And so just under like kind of putting it in that perspective mm-hmm. kind of helped ease the thought process of, yeah, bring someone in. Yeah. Um, and just trust that, that they're going to perform. Yeah. And that's why they're doing what they're doing. So, yeah, I think, I think another thing that people don't think about is making the whole experience for the client really fun, easy, and also Mm -hmm. creating that trust. Because, uh, when I had one of my biggest clients at the time, it was a, it was a $6,500 project. I did everything just myself and I came in there and they were expecting like a whole kind of like squad and like this and that. And I, I probably should have done a much better job of talking expectations. I did not do that. Um, but having people come through and, and providing that trust, providing that credibility, like, Hey, you have an actual business and not just, you're just not a guy with just a camera. That's kind of how I came off, but that could also lead to more opportunities with that client because you're building so much trust and credibility. I don't think a lot of people think about that. You know what I mean? So I, I, I struggle with that big time. Cause I was like 6,500 bucks. Like, Hey, you know, done. <laughs> yeah. Done. Yeah. And, then, and they were like, they were even expecting a red. I don't know if you remember me telling the story, but they were expecting, I think a, I do like a couple yeah. of reds and like that, yeah. that is nowhere near a budget for like bringing no. those types of cameras. on. No, not at all. Lights. Yeah. <laughs> so I really screwed that one up with expectations, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, I think, I don't think people think enough about the long term. and anytime you, you guys do a project, like, your your credibility is at stake kind of you know mm-hmm. your reputation and credibility and all that is that's long term again long game mm-hmm. yeah um i was gonna ask you something what what's your what has been the biggest struggle for you thus far you think the biggest obstacle whether it's mental or something with your workflow or whatever, what, what has been kind of the biggest struggle along your journey after you took the plunge and went full time and, and how are you kind of attacking that and, and getting over it? Yeah. I think right now, like the, the thing that's like the most prevalent in my mind is like, of course, when you're a freelancer, you potentially don't know where like your next job is coming from. Like you trust that it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but just the mentality of, what you've done to get to the point wherever you're at in your career and where you're going to get to the next step Mm -hmm. may not be. So what you've done to get there may not be what you do to get to that next step. Mm -hmm. And that's been something that I've started to accept because I could continue on doing what I'm doing and make a decent amount of money, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't directly align with my long-term goals um, in terms of where I want to be. And so just that mentality of making that shift and being okay with the short term, maybe you make less money, mm-hmm. but then in the long term, you'll make that more money. Yeah. Um, but mainly outside of finances, I think just the imposter syndrome, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to, I've, I've stopped really putting much energy into comparing because 
the comparison trap is very real and oh, yeah. there's phases of it. Yeah. But, um, really being like, well, I've done all this, but now I'm here because I feel like the same person inside than I, that I did like two years ago in a way, mm-hmm. um, than now, because there hasn't really like personality wise hasn't really changed, but just, I've had been more comfortable with being like my full self outwardly. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I know. I mean, I mean, I've been seeing you get in front of the camera a lot more mm-hmm. with your Instagram and, and just like stories and stuff in general. And I don't, I don't think enough creatives are, are doing that and, and taking advantage of their, their own personal brand. They're just kind of focused mm-hmm. on their work and being behind the camera and stuff like that. How, how has being in front of the camera helped you with you continuing to get projects or make money in your business or whatever? It's helped me be able to be more empathetic with the people that I'm working with because Mm. you get to feel in a way what they're feeling, um, was a big reason why I did it at first. And then also, like you mentioned, like the stories, even though I would get in front of the camera, I could go and edit that footage, right? Yeah. When I get true. on stories. Yeah. When, when I, if I were, I haven't done a live yet, except like my own live that is, um, yeah. but on stories, it's more raw. Right. Mm-hmm. But then when I started to put myself more, get on there and talk is actually, I found more and more people actually feel that connection because I know on Instagram, there's quite a few, like one of the clients that I got from a story was like, yeah, we only look at stories. Mm. So like, it's that whole opportunity that you're missing, but also you're just not being like your personal brand isn't hitting that part. And I think understand when I understood that it started to make like that being uncomfortable thing yeah. worth it. Right. And yeah. 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 I, I've been, I've been dealing with that too. Because any type of like promo stuff, any type of like content that I create, most of it is being recorded. And I've gotten so good at Mm -hmm. that now. Like I used that was something that was really uncomfortable for me was getting in front of the camera and just talking, even if it was just by myself. You know what I mean? And and over time that eliminated that and I felt like I could do it all day long. But what did scare me was doing all that content stuff live. And so what I did was like, okay, you need to tackle this beast and just go fucking head on right now. And I I did my entire workshop on live on Instagram. I saw, yeah, I love that. If anyone watched it, just know that I was fucking panicking. (laughs) That That was so nerve wracking for me. Um, even if it didn't come off that way, if, if people truly know me and know my mannerisms, you knew I was like, okay, Zach's like on right now. He's like, you know, starting to panic yeah. a little bit. But I knew that I had to fucking tackle that beast head on. And it turned out great. I mean, everyone loved it. Like all the feedback was amazing. And not just that, but like it, they, like doing it live doesn't capture or it does capture kind of all the raw stuff that yep. you're not going to get with just a video. And so it was, it was even more impactful for them. Um, so anyways, that was, that was kind of my own personal monster that I had to tackle. But my point in saying that is like, you have to do that to up level. Like 
up leveling. If you guys have been following me for forever now, like you know that up leveling is not a comfortable thing. It is one of the most uncomfortable yeah. things ever. I think I think business is easy. Those of you that don't think business is easy, it is. It's very simple and we complicate it. But something that is not easy is up leveling. I will admit that. Up leveling with everything that's going on in here from the inside out is not easy. You have to tackle some fucking demons and some monsters and go through it. Um, so, sorry, I went on a spiel there. You're the guest. What kind of monsters? <laughs> what kind of monsters do you have? You think that you are that you have tackled and are still mm-hmm. trying to tackle? Man, so. I think the biggest monster that it's always, it's a constant struggle, but it gets more easy to like fight it or like knock it down Mm -hmm. was that up until about like three or four years ago or really like three years ago, I was living life to get validation or impress other people or I was doing it because that's what I thought I like the path I had to do. Yeah. And then when I like the first time I understood that I could actually make my own decision, um, and nothing would happen from it in terms of like what I thought would maybe happen. Like people wouldn't like me or people would disapprove of it. Yeah. And then after that first decision that I made, um, for myself and people were like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, it like just shattered that like entire like world that I'd been living for like 21 years or 22 years. Really? And yeah. Um, and I can get like more into details of it because I know like I, if you want when to, I was, like last it. yeah for sure <laughs> I mean it, a lot of it was relationship relationship based for those listening and I know if you had listened to the last one at that point I was going through a divorce um Dude. and which I was is hoping like you were gonna bring this up I wasn't gonna yeah, force you but I was hoping you're you were good gonna bring it up. and I think a good a big point of it is that I had a discussion with a good a good friend a buddy of mine who's actually here in Denver with me about he was like so now that you're going out into the world and you're doing this thing full time like what's your origin story right Mm. and I'd never thought about life in that way um and I bring that up to say like in a way with those every relationship you have is like something that affects what you do um what you're doing from your core right Mm. and so like that like for me I ended up following a pretty quote unquote safe route, um, for what society, um, had set up in Mm -hmm. terms of like, I went, I was, I went to college, I got a corporate job. I got married right out of college, literally like 12 hours after I graduated. Um, wild, 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 (laughs) wild. And, uh, then from there, it kind of like hit me like a wall, like, well, I haven't really been living for myself ever. And then, but then there was other things within the relationship that just wasn't, it was like, it wasn't a healthy relationship yeah. from the overall aspect of it. Yeah. But then choosing to like, cause I was like, well, I can't leave. Cause, cause things like marriage is a commitment cause it's very real. Um, but then understanding that there are times where even if it is a commitment and this is in general, not just, a relationship, but if it's unhealthy, it is okay to take like that step, um, to get away from it and eliminate that 
from you're all good from your sorry. life <laughs> you're, I'm you're so good. sorry <laughs> uh, from your life and so I think after that and so after that was like the biggest monster that I had to tackle because it was the first time in my life that I had to make my own decision because no one was going to make it for me um, and really the power that I felt in terms of like inside of hey, I'm controlling what I do with my life a little bit because mm -hmm. I felt lost at that point. Um, really started to translate into every other aspect of my life um, to where I was like, hey, you can make a career out of being a videographer, photographer, storyteller, or whatever entrepreneurial thing you want to do. Um, and just understanding that and just diving into it and embracing it um, was yeah. the like biggest thing wow um this is folks this is why i said luke has been through more than most uh i'd say like 35 year olds i think that's pretty <laughs> accurate don't you think massive uh, amount of debt maybe massive yeah. amount of debt yeah and then, a divorce yeah and i had undergrad debt as well and, um oh my god uh, which was that was twenty eight thousand dollars yeah and now and i know a recent i think a few it was a Two months ago, I paid that off. So amazing, wild, yeah, it was just wild how life can happen. So I mean, for those thinking that they have a have an excuse, I hope after listening to that, you don't have an excuse anymore <laughs> because if you've done <laughs> that, paid it all off, you know, relationship stuff that takes some time for for healing yeah. purposes. You know, you need time for that, but I mean, just pretty much to get through all that. I hope people listening right now, like you don't, you don't have an excuse not to do this if you want it. And that's the if most important it. thing is you got to yep. really want it. And you know, some people that they find out that that's just not their journey. And that, I think that's totally okay, but yep. you know, you have to find that out. And the fastest way to find that out is by stepping head first, diving right in to the deep end and, and, and going for it. Um, so I know you, I know you talked about this like a little bit, and then I, I want to open it up to to some some questions just for like yep. a little hundred percent, just yeah. to allow people to ask some some questions. But um, what was that pivotal moment that you had where you're like, I don't want normal societal living anymore? Was there like a specific moment that you woke up and you're like, fuck this shit, man? Yeah, there, there definitely was. <laughs> uh, it was in increments because I remember specific moments like in, in that journey where I was like, well, shit, this like, yeah, like fuck that shit, right? But mm -hmm. um, for the first one was the very first um, gig that I made money from. It was, it just like hit me. I was like, wait, I can make money because mm -hmm. I was like, no one's going to pay for some dude holding a camera. But that was the mindset that I had. Um, and then when, as soon as, like, when you shift that mindset, that was like a huge pivotal point to start down that journey. And then the next journey was, I, I know you were a big part, part in this one is I had a vision, creating a vision board for me has been very important and shifting it as you reach goals, mm -hmm. um, and putting new things, um, was when I worked with Lewis Howes last year um mm -hmm. was an opportunity that came up and just being in that space of someone that 
I'd always wanted to work with a client that was like a dream client. And then where I was, it was just like a huge pivotal point mentally because I was like, wait, like people do value me for me and I've gotten here being myself and why can't I continue to do that? And then, then like the other pivotal moments were just like, as you go, you just gain more and more confidence. So I think totally the, the biggest professional mental pivot was working with my first biggest client. And it doesn't necessarily, that wasn't necessarily something that was monetarily the biggest, but mm-hmm. mentally was like, it hit, hit me like so much opportunity is out there and dreams are meant to come true. Mm-hmm. And like when, when I started to understand that it kind of like, there was no turning back for me. Yeah. And I still have a ton to learn. I've learned a lot. Um, we all do. I'm sure we're all do. Yeah. All do. And so, yeah. 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 And yeah. No, go sorry. Ahead. No, you go. I have nothing. No, for those listening, because there's a big gap in how I went from my first gig to working with someone who is a dream client. It's just trusting that you'll get there and just like keep pushing. Um, mm-hmm. And people, even if you don't think are watching, are watching. Um, Cause I know that was big. I've had a couple people, um, when I've find like when I've worked with them be like, yeah, like we've noticed you, but like they may have, I've never talked to them personally up until that point. So just know that, that trust the process and that you will get there Yeah, with what you want. That is. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, like we have as a, as creative entrepreneurs, because that's, that's what we are, whether mm-hmm. we like it or not, that's what we got, but that's what we have to be. Um, we, we have the highest of highs, but we also have the lowest of lows. We've kind of heard, I feel like most people understand some, some of the lowest of lows that you've had. What what has been some of the highest of highs? What has been those days where you're just like, I'm going to fucking take over the the fucking world right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I do know what you mean. And there's been some recent ones and then just like along the way, like each time I'm able to raise my prices and push the boundaries that of uncomfortableness for me. Mm-hmm. And I book someone, it's like, wow. So like, this is the new normal for me. It's proof. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's proof um, that people value for, for you, for you and your work. And then non-monetarily, it's just like putting yourself out there. And even if it's just occasionally networking or like, if it's just occasionally talking to someone, Mm-hmm. you doing your own thing and them doing their own thing. When an opportunity comes along, it just, and it lines up. Mm-hmm. It just is mind blowing. Like I know for me, a very recent one was about um, in August. Um, I had a, I was out on the West coast um, in LA for a wedding that I was shooting an elopement for. Mm-hmm. And so I was there for four days. And so I was like, how can I network with people that I know out here? And so I start, I just sent a bunch of messages. Um, and one of them happened to like have an opportunity for me. Mm. And then ne- the next thing I knew was I was on a music video set and it was for the VMAs. And I was <laughs> like, what is for, for behind the scenes? Yeah. So I was, Cause I was like, Hey, I'm here for the weekend would love to add value to whatever you're doing. I noticed that you're on a music set and I would love to capture behind the scenes for you. If there's an opportunity over the next few days. 
And that's all I said. And I didn't expect anything in return. Yeah. And then when I got the message of, yeah, come on set. And I had no clue what it was for. I was just like, okay, let's mm -hmm. do it. And yeah. then some, so I say this to make the point of do things with a giving attitude, a giving attitude without yeah. expecting much in return, yeah. because some of those things will just like blow your mind because like that was a whole new step for me in terms of like my mental barriers just being shattered to yeah. see like what the, like how the world opens up. Yeah. And, and yeah. with a camera, no doubt with a camera yeah, or, or any kind of creative skill, yeah. you know, I mean, we're, we're both in the camera world, so we, we kind of yeah. know what, what's up. But I mean, I remember having those moments too, like looking around, yeah. like, am I supposed to be here right now? You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you get yeah. used to it and, and, and then you, you get to the point where it's like, it's almost like you're people's peers and that's kind of mm -hmm. how you need to, to act and be in those types of environments, especially because you want to be taken seriously and, and make a statement to, to those people, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I know kind of taking it back a little bit here, we, we yeah, got go a lot of people listening to the podcast that, you know, either are just getting started or are still like living with their parents or just mm -hmm. don't quite can communicate to their parents that this is actually possible. This is actually a thing. Did you have to prove to your parents? Because I, I had to prove to mine. I did. What was yeah. your experience there? I think, well, and I think I know the experience for me was kind of just, so I can't, I can't, my parents are music teachers and so they're more creative. Like they came from the creative background okay. and I know the, the aspect of they didn't understand how the business aspect of being a freelancer worked um and so they kind of like had the doubt like is normal of like hey it's not realistic like the term realistic which i we can talk about that if you want but i had bullshit. to yeah it is bullshit yeah very much so um, let's make that statement right now realistic so. there's no such thing throw that word no. out the window yes that is yep. societal that is a societal world yep. fuck that yep. shit okay continue so you're good so like it was, it was like the first, it all came back for them to jump on board monetarily. So they saw that I started to make some money from it. And then I explained like, Hey, all I have to do is this many gigs, wherever you are in your career, this many gigs to pay my expenses mm -hmm. and I'll be okay. And then, but then once they saw that it wasn't something that was just like a fat, like a fad in my mind mm -hmm. and that I was committed to it is really when like they came on board and then when I made the decision to go full time um, and I told them, they're like, yeah, we're here for it because they see you just, you have to own it. Yeah. Um, and I, I know the difference was, is that I used to not own it and I would, cause I would look at to my parents for validation mm. and, and just other people in my life that I looked up to for validation. Um, and then when I stopped looking for my own personal validation through them, is mm -hmm. when they started to like respect my views. Not that they didn't respect it, but yeah. Yeah, you put your blinders yeah. on and you just continued yes. to to put in the effort. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I did. I mean, my dad was, my dad, well, is, uh-oh, we're losing Luke here. Uh-oh, I don't know if you guys are still on. Let me know if you guys are still on right now. Let me know in the comments really quick. 
Oh, oh, we're back. Okay. I'm back. Can you hear me? I don't know what happened. Yeah. Okay. That's yep. fine. I mean, I had to plug in my phone, cool. but, you know, this is, this is what you get. This is raw, raw and uncut. Yes. Yeah. This is what you get. Um, what I was saying was my dad's a financial advisor. My mom, I mean, she, she's, she was, she was in finance initially, but both like wanted me to have the typical safe route. And I, I was blessed that they at least supported me, but mm-hmm. there was still that pressure to prove it to them because they would make occasional statements like, you know, Zach, we found this uh, possible job opportunity and it would just True. like, it would just be like a paper cut, you know, It'd just be yeah. like, oh, you motherfucker, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. do it. I promise. Um, so it's, I, I think a lot of people are experiencing that right now and, and there's a lot of whispering of not negativity, but just they want the best for their child, first yep. of all. And yep. Yeah. What were you going to say? There? No, they want the best for you, but then it's what they're used to in their own world with how they grew up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, similar to what you had mentioned about the job thing, it was me leaving my job because in, in my corporate job, I was getting paid very well. Um, which I was grateful for. Um, mm-hmm. And they were like, so you're going to give up this for uncertainty. And I was like, fuck yeah, I am because it's something that I love doing. Right. right. And I can turn that uncertainty into op- opportunity. Um, can you, can you just it. repeat that one more time for people, <laughs> for people in the back, please? Repeat that <laughs> can, one more time. You uncertainty turns into opportunity. So boom, baby. You have yeah. to create it because there is no such thing as certainty. Yep. I know as a as as running your own business, there there's no such thing as certainty for sure. But now, especially from this year, we have learned that even in the corporate world, there is no such thing as certainty. Sure. It's all a fucking scam. It's it's more certain for you know. In, in general in most day and age, but at the same time, it's like you could lose your job tomorrow. You just yeah, don't, you exactly. just don't know. And that was what this workshop that I created was all about. It's like, I would much rather have the power to create certainty for myself because I, I have full responsibility. It's, it's totally up to me and no, I'm not giving the power to anybody else. I'm taking the power back and, and as a creative entrepreneur, you can build as close to certainty as you possibly can, even more so than just a corporate job, in my opinion. Yes. I agree. Um, so yeah, that's, that's huge, man. Um, I want to, I want to allow people to, and, and someone already said, turning uncertainty into opportunity. I love that. Maybe that's a tattoo potentially in the future for you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I want to give people an opportunity to ask you some questions, uh, but mm-hmm. before we do, couple, just a couple quick more, a couple quick questions for me. Um, what are what are you really excited about in the future that you got coming up, or or um, any kind of anything that you're super excited about with your career yeah. and just the business that you've created in general? Yep. So actually in two weeks, um, I'm moving out to LA, which is a huge move for me. And I'm super stoked. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and 
that was something makes me very uncomfortable because while I do have people that I know out there like you or like other like people that I've met, mm -hmm. um, there's no certainty in terms of what's going to happen when I get there yeah. in proximity. Yeah. Um, but I know that for what I want long term, mm -hmm. it's where I need to be. Um, mm -hmm. And and for that, it's like it. I'm super stoked for that. Yeah. So, and you have the freedom yeah. to do so now. Yeah. Which yeah. was w crazy because once I. Oh, we lost Luke again. It might just be. Oh, we... All right. Oh, there it's... he is. There he is. I know you're good. It's not. You're good. All right. So I can pick up where I left off. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you're good. Uh, it. I, yeah. So once I understood that it was all like my choice was crazy with. Yeah, I can just. So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, for those listening to mm -hmm. the Midwest. Um, and I was like, yeah, I can just pick up my stuff and move out to L.A. because mm -hmm. it is my choice mm -hmm. and just figure out life as as I go there, because I'm confident in my abilities, um, with the experiences that I've had. Um, yeah. and I know that when I'm put under pressure with that, like fear or uncomfortableness that the process will continue to happen. Yeah. It's just, you're living in a different place and that's about it. Like yeah. you're still you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think it's also important to say that, you know, just, Los Angeles in general does not mean that you're going to automatically be Correct. successful. You have to find, yep. you have to find your people, you have to find your tribe. And that's the only reason why I'm here is because my, my people are here. You know what I mean? It's not because LA is like this wonderful mystical mm -hmm. place. It's amazing. I love it. I'm not going to be here forever, but right. um, you can, you can do this anywhere you live. You just have to mm -hmm. be able to find the opportunities and, and, and take advantage of them. Um, I want to open it up to questions, but before I do, um, you know, what we talk about in the careers blueprint and what we, we worked on together is, is creating certain learning how to create certainty yes. for yourself. And a lot of people are afraid to kind of take that leap because they're just so consumed by uncertainty and not knowing if this is going to work for them. What would you tell people that are still on the fence, not just the creator's blueprint, but just taking on this career path in general? What would you tell people that are that are on the fence? If there's any interest at all, I mean, I'm the type of person who I don't really believe much in regrets, but like you can disappoint yourself in areas. Um, just go for it because you're never going to know. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to, I don't think that what ifs, are a good way to live. But that was like people on the fence, like with the creator's blueprint, like Zach was mentioning. So I took the filmmaking course and then I went and took the creator's blueprint. And it's mm -hmm. just, I think a big mindset shift because you're, this world is huge, but then it's a lot smaller than you think it is in terms of connections. Um, and when you are able to get out of your own head and learn from people who are in it, and then connect with people who are in the same spot as you and then watch them grow and just everything aligns to where like you start to believe like there's just this sense of the self-doubt starts to leave mm -hmm. and you just are like, yeah, we can do this. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of space for everyone to be in this space if that's what you want to do. Yeah. So I love it. I love it.
All right, let's let's open it up to questions. Anybody that has a question for Luke um, or myself, I can hop on too. But if anybody has a, a question for us, let's just say, drop them below. And we already have one here. What what helps you guys through days when you struggle with self doubt? You want to take this I on, think, Luke? Yep. So I think in in general, like a lot of what we do is based on emotion in terms of like the videos we make or the stories and just being able to separate like that self-doubt emotion and being like, Hey, what I've done is working and Hey, I actually can do this. And just being able to like compartmentalize it for a day and be like, Hey, just keep taking action. Yeah. Is what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um I think it's important to have days that are just off. And sometimes yeah, sure. sometimes you just have to accept that. Like sometimes you just can't fight it and you just have to be like, you know what? Today's a a, a fucked up day. And that's that's mm-hmm. what it is. Um but also you can't rely on your emotions to make the proper decisions. It's like right. it's like waking up in the morning like when you feel tired, you don't want to give in to that. You don't want to listen to that seven days out of the week, maybe one day a week on the weekend or, or whatever, if you're really not feeling it. But you can't let your emotions decide what you're going to end up doing because then you're going to consistently make decisions that keep you comfortable and that keep you in this little pocket. That's probably like the biggest thing for me. It's like I ask myself that question, like, is this – do I want to do this or not do this because this is just how I like currently feel? Or if I was having a fucking amazing day, would I tackle this and and crush it head on? And for me, just to give that workshop example, because it initially scared me a little bit, like the day that where I was like, I'm going to fucking kill it. Like that's the person you want to listen to the day of where I'm like, Oh shit, I don't know. (laughs) Like you gotta, you gotta kick that mofo out the window you know um so anyways i think that's a great question anybody else has a question we're losing we're losing people anybody else have questions for luke myself oh wait mark has a question i missed that going from a corporate job into freelance how do you keep yourself on track when you don't have a boss over your shoulder that's a great question it is a great question great question Um, yeah, I know, man, so I'm just going to be figuring that out. But I think keeping a schedule um, and treating, I know, Zach, you do this, at least from my understanding is you'll have set hours that you work and then you try not to work in other hours. And I think just keeping um, that routine is going to be is key because when you are your own boss, say something comes up, you have that um choice to go do that and that's mm-hmm. one of the best things that you w- about being able to choose what you do but then in general um overall staying into a routine i think is a big big factor yeah yeah i mean structure structure is the most important thing i've never had a nine to five so i i'm just so used to it now where like i just I'm just, I'm just so, I'm just so used to it, I, you know, but, but having, having structured, not just a routine, but more so boundaries is yeah, probably the most important thing that you can do. Not so much structure almost. I, I kind of take that back because structure initially can kind of 
hurt creative moments in different things. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when you're just starting out, you don't really know how you work and how you mm-hmm. work efficiently and, and most effectively. And also you kind of want to make it a game too. So for me, if you guys have the productivity journal that I've put out, um, one of the things in, on there is cr- doing focus sprints. And Matt Diavella, I think, has a video on this as well. Um, and I, I use it I use it too, is creating these focus sprints for just an hour where I work, not just work with no distractions, but I work like my life depends on it. And like the time is running out. Like I'm just, I'm very intensely focused on whatever it is that I'm doing for that specific hour. And it's going to go by like that. Like they go by very quickly. And then I give myself uh, 15 minutes to just chill and take a break. And then I'll start another focus sprint over, but I treat it like a game. Like I'm running against the clock and I'm trying to just focus as intensely as possible. And we can't focus more than four hours every day, like clear focus. As soon as the four hour mark hits, our attention and our performance starts to decrease. And it doesn't feel like a lot, but it's true. It's only about four hours. I think I think that's right. According to to Google, the last time I checked was four hours. Um, So keep that in mind. That's that was when I learned that that was a big wake up call for me is like, well, then why are corporate jobs nine to fives? You know what I mean? But think about how much actual work you get done in a nine to five. You could probably slim it down to four hours if you're really, really intense about it, you know? So I used to, Mark talked about time blocking. I I used to time block and when I was just experimenting with a bunch of stuff and that just never worked for me. As much as I wanted it to work, it just, I just could not do it. So now I just focus on the one essential thing. This is what we talk about in the creator's blueprint too, is we just focus on one thing for that day and that's it. Everything else doesn't matter. It's just the one thing that's going to move the needle forward. If you get that done, that day is a, is a success, and that's that's all I'm worried about yep. is always doing that one thing that's moving things forward. So let's do – I agree. And then I have one more. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Comment on that one if that's cool. So Please. I think another thing is, is that for those who are doing – because, I mean, I was in that same boat up until about a week ago, um, doing both 9 to 5 and your own thing. Like I know for myself, I mean – my work day was all day, right? I would go to work, I would do my nine to five, and then I would come home and start my business. That was the start of my second work day. Um, I think the biggest thing is when you do um, get to being your own boss, because if, if you want it, you will. Um, I, have, I, believe, I have that belief. Mm-hmm. And just understanding that you don't have to work 80, 90 hours a week um, and that you can take those steps back because it's no longer... There's, new norms that you can create for yourself. Mm, I love that. That's really so, good. How much, t- how much time do you have, Luke? I don't want to take up too much of your time. I have enough. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, let's do a couple more. I'm good. Okay, cool. Let's do a couple more. Uh, Jordan's got one. Do you schedule out posts for social media? How do you keep up and have a good work life balance? Ooh, that's a good one. You want to take it, Luke? So this, this has been huge for me. Yeah, yeah. So I've actually seen a, 
a tremendous like th- it was a bit, this was also like a pivot moment for me with the question on scheduling out posts mm-hmm. so the way i structure if you go look at my feed um every third post is a video so that forces me to get into the mindset of constantly thinking about what i'm going to create even if it's like a gif uh like a set of pictures turned into motion i just have committed that that third post is going to be some sort of video and then i i have a schedule that i keep to myself where i it used to be like every other day but now it's about every two to four days however much content i know i have coming up yeah and so that keeps me on top of my game in terms of it also puts puts my own pressure on myself to perform and mm-hmm. to continue to iterate and improve and it doesn't necessarily have to be new content but for myself it has to be the row the three posts um like two pictures and then the video all have to correlate together mm-hmm. but that's just how what works for myself and where i've found success in being consistent yeah um and so that's and awesome. it's not that i yeah thank you and it's not that i schedule on a certain day it's more so just to have that consistency and like some structure to my posting yeah so yeah that's great i for me it's it all it all comes down to having a system you gotta yeah. you gotta start with some type of system and when i started creating content for the first time on youtube uh i had zero system and not only that i also didn't think about the formula for the way i created the actual content which is your system um right. i only focused on the content itself and that's how you get burnt out extremely, extremely quickly. So you have to come up with that system or the formula for the way you create content before you even start really thinking about the content almost. They need to be kind of together or aligned because if you want to just start a vlog, but you have like no system in place or like you don't really know that that's something that you actually want to do, like you're going to get burnt out and, and stop. And that's why so many people stop, especially when it comes with, comes to vlogging and whatnot. Um, and, and so for me with like, with Instagram, Instagram is purely off inspiration for me. Um, the only system that I have is I like to dedicate content days where I'm like, coming up with either ideas or at least creating the content so I can keep my brain focused on creativity instead of switching back and forth between uh, being creative and then like business type stuff. Um, And so for me, like I, there was one day, I think, I think a week and a half ago, I just had the most inspiring day where I stopped everything, even though I was supposed to focus on something else, I stopped everything. And I literally just paced back and forth in my office here and wrote down every single piece of content that was in my brain. And I've got, I'm looking at them right now. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 pieces of content that could be used mm-hmm. for podcasts, Instagram, YouTube. I mean, I'm like pretty much set for the next three months in terms of just yeah. ideas. Then you gotta right. go and create it and then for me, you, you, you want to have a system for creating it as well. When you, you know, batch things, for example, like I try to record podcasts multiple time, multiple podcasts in a day. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen, but I try to batch as much as I can. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you have to have the system. You gotta have the system. 
And then how do you keep up and have good work-life balance? I don't know, Luke, what's your opinion on work-life balance? Oh, man. (laughs) It goes back and forth. Uh, It does go back and forth. And I think, like, I know people say, like, if you do what you love, you won't work a day in your life. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. That's Um, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think just being aware and self-aware of what works for you in terms of what doesn't drain you. So, like, I know for myself, I try not to use social media unless if it's, like business related, but then you can fall into the trap of, oh, also social media is me adding to my business, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest balance is just being as present as I can be because there's times and places for everything. Um, and that's what's worked for me. Mm. So Cool. Love it. Yeah. Let's let's do one more question. And then if, maybe if we have one more while we're answering it, we'll, we'll do that one too. But let's just do one or two more maybe. Um, Burst mode says, I feel like I have so many things I need to focus on, but don't know which one to start with. It becomes so overwhelming that I end up not doing any of it. How do I know what to do first in terms of priorities? That's a good question. You want to go first? You want me to go? I'll, I'll go, go for it. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is like when you have, cause we all have like what Zach just said, he has 12 pieces of content. So which one is he supposed to go shoot first? Right. Mm. It's, it's more so just picking one and doing it because at least for me, if I just commit to one, like he, like Zach said with having one thing a day that you do, um, or whatever time frame that is helps move that needle. And then you start to understand what it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. You, the biggest thing that you can do is reverse engineer. You need to reverse engineer from the very, very top. And for me, it's, you know, what types of clients do you want to work with? How much money do you want to make? How many clients do you want to work with? Like you need to start understanding some numbers and, and gain clarity all the way at the very top. And then you want to reverse engineer. Okay. If I want this many clients, you know, what types of activities do I need to be doing to do that? How long will those activities take? You know, and and just get it down to a point where you know exactly what to do each and every day. This is what we do in the Careers Blueprint. We narrow, we reverse engineer everything so you know exactly what you need to do every single day because there's only, there's really only 5% of activities or tasks that actually move the needle forward and we get consumed in like just like the design aspect or you know just different things that really don't matter as much as you think they do so being able to reverse engineer and only focusing on on those things that are going to continue stepping you to or, or continue up leveling to that that goal that you had for the year or for the next quarter or whatever, um, there's, there's really only a certain amount of things that actually move the needle forward. So reverse, reverse engineer, reverse engineer. I, I take a massive goal, like a big project, turn them into smaller chunks where they, there's, you know, a handful of small tasks that go within that chunk of, of stuff to do. And then, take it from there. And then, you know, okay, I got to do this, this, and this, and this to complete that chunk. 
And then I throw all those chunks on my calendar so I know when they're actually like I need to get them done, not just get them done, but when to actually start. Not many people think about that. I'm sure a lot of people are the last minute people. I used to be a last minute man with homework Hmm. and a bunch Mm -hmm. of other stuff. But if you want to do this at a high level, high, high level, you can't be the last minute man anymore or woman. You have to yeah. schedule when things are due, but then when you're actually going to start them as well. That's so yeah. that's so key. So key. I agree with that. Let's just do uh, one more really quick since we got it. Um, I find it hard to create my own content because I have too much client work. I know that's not a bad problem. Did you run into that? How did you handle it? I, I, it, I definitely run into it, and I'm sure everybody does. Um, but it's more so just like with that being understanding that there's seasons of life and there's phases that we go through to where you may want to create your own content and you may have all these great ideas. And that's where, when that would happen with me and I was like very busy with client work, um, I would write down those ideas that I wanted to create, um, in that moment. So I would have them there when I did have the like non-client time to do my own thing. Um, and I do think it's it's important to take time to to create um, <laughs> like that those passion projects for yourself because I know a lot of the client works that I've I've loved have come from passion projects that I've created because it's the work that I want to do and that's spec work which is also talked about in the in the blueprint um, yeah but but yeah I think just being okay with not um, or knowing that there will be a season where you can do it. So, yeah, I think you also have to ask yourself what it is. What what do you actually want? You know what I mean? Right. Like, do you want to be doing that much client work? Do you want to be mm-hmm. maybe doing a few clients, maybe raise your prices so you don't have to take on as many clients. And then that would free up time for you to focus on more of you, more of your content. I mean, that's what, that's what happened to me. I, I was trying to build my YouTube channel, but then I started getting paid for my client work and then I wasn't posting as much. And it was one of the most frustrating things that I had to go through. And if you've been following me long enough, you know that I eventually just had to make a choice here and I stopped taking yeah. on clients, period, and went all in on my content. But that was the direction that I wanted to take. Not saying that you can't do both. You can definitely, definitely do both. But then that means that something's got to change because it sounds like to, to, to me, Jordan, that, you know, you have a message that you want to reach people and, and get out to people and something that you're doing isn't working because it's not allowing you to do that. And you might have to reflect a little bit and ask, OK, what is it that I truly want to do here? What do I have to change in order to provide more room in my schedule? Do I need to maybe bring on someone to help me with these client projects? Do I need to cut down on the clients and raise my prices? Do I even want to do client work to begin with? These are all reflective questions that not just, you shouldn't just ask yourself once a year, but ask yourself every couple of months. I mean, I'm, I'm always checking in on on myself. Is this and me talking to Luke right here? Is this what I really want to do? Do I really even like this guy? I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you got to check in with yourself and make sure you're in alignment with things that you want to accomplish. So 
And I think that's it. I think that's good. I think I think we just lay laid out laid it out for them. Um, any closing statements, Luke, that you have that you want to share to you, the podcast, people on the live stream, anything that you want to mention or? Sure. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, keeping it like as short as I can, is just remember that like just be yourself because you're the only person that can be yourself and and that's really freaking awesome uh and when you do that so many opportunities so much of the world opens up because people start to see you for you and that and that's the type of energy um at least in my experience that people want to work with because they want to feel like you see them for themselves too yeah so i think yeah full authenticity full transparency mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can do that too much. I think it's more no, refreshing can't. the more you lean into it with yep. the transparency. I mean, you know, everything that I've done on, on my brand side is just like, hey, this is what it is. You know, yep. I'm having a fucked up day right now <laughs> or I'm, you know, expl- or, uh, sharing that I'm nervous for something like the, all these different things just create trust. And that's the only reason why I'm even here being able to talk to Luke and and you guys listening right now is I just kind of dropped this me trying to um, be this perfect thing, this perfect person and like not have any problems or issues. And, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to to let everyone in and, and share that, you know, I'm not okay all the time, no matter what next success level I hit. That's just that's a fairy tale. You're gonna have days where um you just feel like a piece of shit and there's yeah. nothing that really explains it. You just feel that way. Or maybe, you know, you drop your your vulnerability a little bit or maybe you start comparing yourself a little bit. You know, there's things happen and, and you have to you just have to share your truth as, as cliche as that sounds, um, because it's going to provide so much trust with other people. And, and that's important. That's, that's the foundation of relationship making and so many other things, you know? So anyways, I want to thank Luke for being here. Thanks for taking an hour of your time. I know you're a busy dude with big time clients now, buddy. Let's go. Let's no, go. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. That having me on here because I, anything that can give back and add value to others' lives, I'm all about. I know. Isn't that crazy how you were in the shoes of someone that was asking for help and you still do. Mm-hmm. It's always important. Yes. But now you've reached that level of thought leadership and an experience where now you can give it back to people and help others. And like, that is, that's what it's all about is, is just, it is. is absorbing, learning, investing in you, evolving, up leveling, and then giving it back to people that were in your shoes three or four years ago. And that's, that's usually your audience. Most of the time, if you guys have been following my content, I talk about this quite a bit. Like, a good rule of thumb is your audience is about three to four years behind you. And if you really want to dig deep into their thoughts and patterns and stuff, just think about who you were three to four years ago. You know what I mean? Anyways, Luke, thanks for being here. Thank you. Your, for having your me. growth has been pretty 
unbelievable. I think just knowing your story, you can throw realistic out the, out the window. Yes. Um, 100%. you know, Luke and I, those listening and watching, like I will never tell you that you can't do something, even if it does sound just insane, it's possible. It's always possible. Um, and I hope you guys take that from this. Um, oh, Luke. Oh, my AirPods just went. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Let me turn my volume on. Um, give Luke a follow. Send him a DM. Tell yep. him we sent you. Where can people follow your work at, Luke? Yep. So on Instagram is main, my main thing. And it's just Luke Strage, which is my first and last name. Um, and my last spelling, my last name is S T R E G E. Um, but then, yeah, like Zach said, shoot me a DM, whether it's about this podcast, whether it's about where you are in life, or if you have any questions, always happy to have a chat. Yeah. Luke, Luke is a pretty open guy. I think you guys know that by now. Um, only two days left to sign up for the creators blueprint guys. This is the last one of 2020. Um, this is it. Commit. Stop waiting stop hoping for it to happen dive deep stop trying to get a plan b and um if you want this you're gonna figure it out and it's a lot better to figure it out with community accountability guidance and from people that have been there and done that um and also having the tools and resources to do so as well so uh, their media box he was a blueprint member um, as well. So thanks, bro, for, for checking in. Only two more days. Luke, thanks again. Signing yeah, off. We'll see you inside. And go make a bunch of money, everybody. Let's go. Create the shit you want to create and get paid doing it. We're signing off. All right, all right. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast with Luke. We had a great conversation. Hopefully the audio wasn't too bad for you guys. It was an Instagram live. Again, the doors closed to the Creator's Blueprint at midnight tonight, 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Get inside of this program. I promise you, you will not regret it. Your future self is going to absolutely thank you for it. And let's design a lifestyle that is truly worth living, that you truly love. I cannot wait to work with you. www.thecareersblueprint.com. I'll see you inside. And we are signing off. Peace.